All right, here we are. We're Yavich and Palmer here at Lawyer Talk, off the record, but on the air. You know, and I love the name. It, it's it's a good name. It, it worked out. Uh, we go as we've talked about. I'm on the Blitz, and I feel sort of it feels sort of naked coming in here like this. Yeah, without the music. Yeah, we need to have some music. We'll figure that out. Remember, it's like night court. Yeah, on a blitz. That's what they give me. But do you want to sing it? Maybe not this time. (laughs) Do yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, All right. We we did uh, back to business here. We did some introduction of you. I I got to talk about myself, and everybody hates us now. Yeah, I I got to interview Leno style. Yeah, and now um, I guess it's my turn. So if anybody cares anything at all to learn about my background, I'll be happy to share it. Now you get to interview me. Awesome. Leno style. Awesome. Now, unlike me, you're an Ohio boy, right? Uh, yeah. Born and bred in central Ohio in a, in a town. Uh, actually I grew up in, I went to high school in Sunbury. My mailing address was Westerville. When I went to college, I said it was from Columbus and I call it Delaware County, even though Westerville's in Franklin County or at least part of it doesn't make any sense. Uh, just the, the fact is I grew up, I went to high school up in Sunbury. What high school did you go to? Uh, the Big Walnut Golden Eagles. The Golden Eagles. Yeah. yeah. That's not, so, I don't know what's better. We should have some people vote Little Giants or Golden Eagles. We could do a vote. I got to throw the Fighting Bees in there too. You though. got the Fighting Bees. And I got the Worcester Fighting Scots later on. We'll get to that. I like that too. And we played bagpipes and, and more kilts. But Well, here's what I love about your background. And I want you to tell the story. Your father was a professor, right? Yep. My, a, a law professor. And he had a unique way when you were growing up of talking to you about and incorporating the law into his parenting. It's funny because growing up, I probably, if asked, would not have said lawyer. I would have said like astronaut when I was really young. I remember I drew a little picture of an astronaut in first grade and said, that's what I want to be. Um, And then at one point, engineer, because my mom, I was always tinkering with stuff. I could fix anything or build anything. Um, But then I... I didn't have any affinity to sit down and do any math homework, so I failed quickly. There. Oh, there you go. Um, but lawyer would have been not on the list, I don't think. Maybe later on, maybe in high school at some point. I mean, you lived it with your dad. He was a prosecutor, right? But he would. No, he was a law professor, and he did a stint at the United States Attorney's Office as uh, he took a sabbatical and then did just temporary deal over there for a couple of years and had some major prosecutions in this town. I mean, John Scales. I mean, some of the old school guys will remember this, but. Um, you know, it was unique and I didn't even know it was happening. I was learning the rules of evidence. Now, again, this is lawyer. That's perhaps, insane. So I but yeah, I was learning the rules of evidence unwittingly at the dinner table. I mean, that it, is it insane. would be, it, it just, it was just sort of given to us. That's and like I, Tiger Woods dad giving him the club yeah. when he's an infant. Yeah. And, and, you know, my dad later writes a book on evidence, had uh, pamphlets, everything on evidence. But, um, and then the other half of it was we just didn't get disciplined growing up. It wasn't just that I got grounded. I remember at a very young age, I got sideways with one of the neighborhood families, these two girls that lived next door. And I don't know what we did. My brother and I were involved in some, who knows, but somebody told somebody something and the parents had to talk. And uh, then there was, now it's time for the punishment. And it was a literally, a, well, they did this. Well, they did that. Well, they did this. They did that. And my dad solved that problem very quickly. I remember going into this, into their living room or their family room, whatever they would have called it at the time, and he conducted a full-blown trial. And there I am <laughs> at eight or ten years old, however how old I was, I have no idea. Um, my dad is conducting court and taking testimony. 
and making objections. Objecting. Saying, that's yeah, insane. You can't say yeah. that. That's hearsay. But you said, but wait, but that's not fair. No, nobody said this is fair, son. <laughs> Yeah, it was, That's great. It, it was that kind of garbage. And so I guess at a young age, there I was being exposed to this. Now, that probably wasn't the best Dr. Spock disciplinary child rearing right. technique, but it was what it was. And it, it were, here I am anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I, I grew up on this stuff. So where did you go to college? I graduated high school in 88 and went to a small little college up in Worcester, Ohio. Graduated in 88. I was six years old. You you were six, yeah, and there I was reporting for football camp at the College yeah. of Worcester. Now that's Worcester. It's spelled W O O S Worcester. Worcester. So Worcester. you would want to say Worcester. The rest of the world wants to say Worcester, but up at the Cal, the College of Worcester, we say Worcester, and it's like a we say it's like a dog is saying it. Yeah, um, it's like Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. Yeah, and that is. Um, you know that that was when did I get up there? I probably showed up there in '88 to play football. What position do you play football? I was offensive line. They recruited me. I was about 235, 40 pounds. I showed up. I weighed 190, and uh, they just looked at me like got in fight weight, or is that what the roster said? Well, I, it's like you, you're six four, but really you're six two. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't that. I actually lost the weight. I started banging nails. I was uh, I started framing houses back in the summer between high school and college. And it, it liked it so much, frankly, that I almost just didn't go. I was just like, you know what? Screw this. Yeah. I can earn a living doing this right now. I'm drinking yeah. beer. I'm banging nails. I'm getting sun. Yeah. It was awesome. Now, it came down to that literally that day. I was just like, yeah. all right, I guess I'll go to college. But, right. uh, and it was a great experience. I played football up there for a few years, had a couple shoulders, shoulder surgery. I had surgery on both my shoulders, and uh, that ended my – my budding career early. Now, of course, career. you're like poli-sci, pre-law. Well, there's a trick. And I think this is probably true of many, many a lawyer. Um, I was a history major. History. Right? Right. And it turns out you can't do much with a history major. You could be a, a history professor. I could be if I I'm like really going to stay in that <laughs> genre. I mean, I, I guess it's – now. I, I, maybe I'm not given – the College of Worcester enough credit because it is a liberal arts school and I, I did a lot of everything or a little a little of a lot of everything or whatever you would say. But it mostly, you know, I, I chose history because I just couldn't focus on the math. That just didn't work for me. I hated homework. That didn't work for me. And history let me sort of explore writing, which I love. And it let me get into this this storytelling, yeah. which I really like. Yeah. And um, I had a professor in my last year of college that said, if you want to be a lawyer, you take three classes, three focuses, English, history, and then do some sort of uh, acting, you know, go take a, you know, a drama class and that will help you be a lawyer. Well, which you just fell into history because you didn't go to college thinking I'm going to be a lawyer. I didn't, I went to college thinking I just wanted to go do something else. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I tried really hard my first semester and I did all the homework I was asked, and then slowly that sloughed off a little bit. I mean, I did okay, but um, somehow I landed with history, and I I, I, I liked it. I mean, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but then, you know, if you go back and turn back the clock, everybody's political clock here, we go back to 1992, my fourth year, my last year of college. It was pre-Clinton, and we were in a recession, and nobody was getting any jobs. I, we used to count coups, so to speak, on the dorm room doors by how many rejection letters you could pin to the court board. And so you say the heck with it. I'm going to go three more years in law school. I put it off. Yeah, you bet. I, so I decided to take the LSAT and uh, probably performed. I bet I did worse than you, but maybe not. Um, but I got in, and I got into capital. 
I remember some sections just being like, oh, two minutes left, B, 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 B. Do you know what I mean by oh, that? Oh, yeah, filling in the bubble. <laughs> just yeah, going yeah, bubble. Yeah, yeah. B, 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 There B. were times, I'd, look, I'll, I'll tell I don't know if I've ever told anybody this. Well, I, no, no, nobody's listening. So. Nobody, we're off the record. Yeah. <laughs> I was sweating when you had to fill out at the beginning the honor statement. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I will not cheat. I will not do this. I promise to do everything great yeah. or right or whatever it is. I'll follow the rules. I don't know what it said. And I didn't have any problem swearing to do that because I had no intentions of cheating or doing anything else. But it had to be in cursive. Oh, yeah. You're right. I remember that. And I can't write. I forgot how to write in cursive. Yeah. I'm sitting there sweating. I was like, this is a hell of a way to start this freaking yeah. test, right? And this is part, of, it. part of the test. Guys are starting to test. And I'm filling out this freaking cursive thing. I just said, screw it. I feel I printed it. Maybe that's why it's so bad. I don't know. But, <laughs> can't follow instructions. Uh, yeah. But eventually, I, I took it twice. I was a two-timer for that. Same result twice, right? I, I studied, took it, studied, took yeah. the same thing. Um, but it, it, again, that's what we talked about before. I, I, I can remember nothing about the LSAT, the pre-law test or whatever it's called, yeah. that has anything to do with either law school or the practice of law. I cannot think of one thing. And, and I wonder sometimes as I looked around law school later, because we all saw the people, and this is nothing against their character, probably a credit to their character more than a ding, that you just knew didn't belong there. Right. They were just, they were smart. Right. They, they didn't right. belong there. Right. They should not be there. They should not have been lawyers. You can just tell right away. And maybe, maybe they probably aced the LSAT, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I ended up down here at Capital Law School. And, uh, after I, I decided for the first time I was going to do all the work assigned to me. And, you know, after my three point experiences and two eights, two nines, three point, whatever it was in high school and college, you get to law school. I was like, all right, dummy, do the work and see what happens. Yeah. And it really is amazing. So anybody out there listening thinking, should I do the academic work and, and maybe I'll get better grades? Yes, you will. I mean, it's, it's just natural. So I actually did all the reading. I did all the writing. I did what was asked to me, at least for the first year. And then I learned how to coast again. Um, <laughs> but it, it was, uh, I, I, took a shine to the whole thing. I, I liked it. I think other people hated it. I, I liked law school. Was your dad involved at this point? He was a, still a professor there at Capitol. I did not have a class. I eventually did, but my first year, you know how that is. You just get buried with yeah. your one L's or whatever they call each other. And and you just sort of keep your head down and do the work and part of your face off when you're not doing the work. Yeah. And that's, that's what we did. Uh, and, you know, after that first year, everybody's looking for clerkships. And I, you know, I, I used to scoff at this. My dad used to say this all the time. He goes, and, and, and by the way, there's still this notion. I hear, I hear high schoolers talk about this or people in college talking about going to law school and they say, I'm going to go be a corporate lawyer or I'm going to go be a, you know, a contract lawyer or whatever. Um, oh my gosh. You don't, I mean, you know this and we all sort of know this, but you don't get to specialize in law school. You, you don't say, all right, I'm going to go take this curriculum. To be yeah. a medical malpractice lawyer or a tort lawyer or a criminal lawyer. Yep. You just don't. And that usually, in my experience, is decided by your first job. And my first job was right here at 511 South High. Same building. Here at broadcast headquarters for yep. lawyer, is it lawyer talk off the lawyer talk off the record. My first job, I walked into but this on building the air. on the air. I walked into this building to meet the esteemed R. William Meeks, Bill Meeks. And he was my mentor. Um, he, he sort of occupied the second floor offices, uh, in, in 
he filled it right. He was the guy. He was a he was a power. How'd you get the introduction to meet him? Uh, I think my dad said you should call those guys. You should call those guys. So I started calling because he was even Bill was prominent even back then, right? He'd been practicing for oh more so twenty years, right? Yeah, Yeah. he was. uh, By then, he had argued Berkmer versus McCarty in the Supreme Court. Court. Wow! I said we're not going to talk about Supreme Court case. We just did. We're not going to talk about what it said, except that it said they don't have to read you your rights at a traffic stop. So anybody who comes in here and says they read me my rights on a speeding stop, they don't have to. And Bill Meeks argued that. Um, anyway, he had argued that, and he had done a lot of other famous cases. He was on TV all the time, big time defendants, uh, media cases. That so you him. knew about him back then? No. Okay. I, I, I knew I knew nothing about him. Okay. But I learned all that later. Um, and he worked with another guy named Sam Shemansky, who's still practicing law here in town. And uh, that was my first foray, so to speak, into the criminal defense realm. And I was hooked immediately. Hmm. I was hooked immediately. Um, I met Eric Yavich there. And he and I were the law clerks that kept the trains running on time up there with Bill, Bill and Sam. Um, I, I did everything you did for me. And then some. I got to go pick up... Uh, Sam's aunt one time and take her to a doctor's appointment. I got to go pick up, you know, Bill was, he was, uh, he loved animals, had dogs, would rescue dogs, yeah. would, would pay for cancer treatments. I got to take fecal matter to different cancer doctors up or oh, there you doctor go. up at uh, Ohio State. I mean, all this really quality legal related yeah. work. Um, that stuff's got to help you till this day. Till this day. Yeah. And, and you know what? It did. And this is what I keep telling people. When people say, what do I need to do to become a lawyer? I tell them everything you can. Mm. read the paper every day, go learn how to wait in line at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles, learn how to call your credit card company when they didn't charge you interest, do things in life that help you learn how to solve problems. Yeah. And, you know, believe it or not, coming from Sunbury, Ohio and going to hide up at a small liberal arts school, I didn't know how to navigate a big city. And I had, I was forced to go pick up Aunt Fanny at uh, somewhere in Bexley and take her to some doctor's appointment or lawyer's appointment down here. Well, I mean, that seems easy to say, but take a kid who has got yeah. zero life experience and make him go find parking, go find addresses, deal yeah. with stuff. And, and by the way, there was no Google Maps. Right. You got an address and then you had to figure out where the hell it was. And that's not easy. Right? There was, yeah. I remember looking at maps with the grids and going to and, yeah. and, and that's how you, that, that's problem solving for lawyers. That's right. future lawyer problem solving. So right now, if you're listening and you're a kid, you probably aren't, but, uh, and you want to go to law school. Start solving problems on your own, and and then that will give you a better backdrop. And you don't even realize it's happening incrementally. You probably didn't either work it for us. You said, you know, you talk on the phone, you had to answer this. And I can't tell you how many people that I had working for me who would say or, or act like it was, it was below them to answer the phones. It shouldn't have right, be for a receptionist right. or shouldn't that be for whatever. I shouldn't have to go file. I always saw it as like a pitch that I had to make to you guys. You know, like, okay, I got to get the, got to get the, the big things here. And I got about 30 seconds to bend Eric or Steve's ear and say, Hey, this is the person that they, that is on the phone. This is what they need. This is the question they need answered. And I saw it as an important job. You know what I mean? I was like, well, I'm helping you guys not waste your time for 10 minutes for somebody. Maybe we can't help. And we weren't being, we, we weren't being lazy making you do no. that there because we had to go do it. We had to do it. I was the oh, yeah. primary phone guy yeah. for Meeks and Shemansky. And if you think our phones are busy, that was, that yeah. was like uh that was like a Carol Burnett episode. Yeah. Right? Hold please. Anyway, it was, you had to learn how to hack through all the crap, assimilate that into some summary of events and then relay that to us. Right. And then communicate back to the person you're talking to 
and those are sort of the seeds that started to grow and you become lawyer after that. Yeah. Um, and that's what I had. That's the experience I had up with Eric and working for Bill and Sam. And then, you know, I started off, they wouldn't even look at me or Bill wouldn't anyway. I just showed up one day. Here's how this happened. I showed up one day. I'd, I'd, I'd call for my job in the morning, get no call back. I'd go to bed about 10 o'clock or whenever. Meeks would call me back and leave a message. This is back in the, this is back in the days of the old answering machines, you know, with the tape, please. Anyway, he would, uh, he'd call me back and, uh, leave a message. I'd try him in the morning. Nothing. This goes on for a few days. <laughs> Cause he worked at night. He was, yeah, he was a night. He was, he had different hours. But that, I mean, I mean, you guys telling stories about, I mean, you had pagers, right? And the Eric's being on dates and stuff like that. He's getting paged. Oh yeah. We had pagers. I mean, that was before yeah. cell phones, but we had, pagers. I can't even imagine operating like that. And then we had a digital pager where it was like nine one one now. Yeah. MS. doesn't matter you what know, you're doing. Like, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if it's, if you know, you use your imagination. Yeah. Get right. Your ass here <laughs> now. And that's how it was. And, uh, you know, we, we were, we were the little, uh, you said Eric was the kind of the, 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 the court runner. And then you did a lot of the, the legal motions and briefs and yeah, early on. That's sort of how it, that's sort of how it evolved. Eric was the guy that was going to court. He knew everybody at court and I was the guy writing the briefs, uh, coming up with the motions, reading the transcripts. I mean, sometimes I remember getting dumped on. Uh, it was always the same sort of, they, they would say it the same way. Hey, we just got to write a quick little brief. I'm like, <laughs> hmm. all right, what's a quick little brief? All right, let's see. So then then, then I get the, yeah, just go check the Smith file. There's there's some transcripts in there. And it turns out there's you know, there's three volumes yeah. of a trial that happened yeah. like months ago. And this thing's been pending forever. Yeah. Uh, when's it due? Well, it's tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, I would end up, and that may be an over-exaggeration, but at the end, it, we would crank out briefs that quickly and turn them around. Not not crappy product either, good yeah. product, and crank them out and get them done. And That's incredible. I mean, anybody, for the people that are listening, we hear briefs, what the heck's a brief? I mean, you get t- you get given thousands of pages sometimes of transcripts of trials that happen. So everything that happened from the prosecutor's perspective, the defense, everything just is now on paper, word for word. You have to take that, digest it determine what legal issues are there. So somebody has been convicted. They're now in prison probably. And you have to determine what issues are there to help and write in their appeal. I've done them and it is a monumental task. So to be dropped that in a day's notice or hours notice and say, put this together. I mean, I I can't even imagine. Yeah. Just crank this thing out real quick. And, uh, and, and we got to get a file tomorrow. Like it was a no big deal. Right. And it wasn't to them because they had done it. They've done it. Yeah. They've been there. Yeah. And that's just, that's how that's you what's learn. expected of you. And but this uh, blossoms eventually now to you and Eric stepping out on your own. Yeah. What happened is we became what we thought. And, and again, this is a sort of the perspective of life. You always think that you're not replaceable. You know, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, you always think that you're the key to the operation. You always right. think that you're the right. one that if they lose me, the, the world the will world's crash. gonna stop yeah and you know and, and maybe this is a good lesson for the quote millennials out there it's like nobody needs you right you if, if anybody can do this what's the ohio state theme own. next man up or whatever next man up yeah. right and so yeah. you're down i'm up and eric eric left he wanted to go i think both of us felt this need to get out of the shadow out of the umbrella or whatever the analogy would be and, and say all right i've done it with him now we got something to prove so you're not just these guys who got lucky working for Meeks and Shemansky and you got all the breaks and blah, blah, blah. I think there was a lot of that to us leaving and saying, all right, let's go do it. Now, 
We didn't have the balls to do it on our own. We formed a partnership. Right. Neither of us knew what the hell we were Let's doing. Let's just fail together. So we failed together. Miserable yeah. those companies. But we did have we did have whatever it took, I guess, to go out and just do it on our own. And Eric left before me. I, I started, in fact, on this floor, we're at the second floor of 511. My, I took an office for the first maybe five, six months of my practice right next door uh, within Bill's building at, here. He owned it then. And I, you know, I started to do it on my own and we were, I had, I developed a client, a small client base. I mean, not much, but, uh, you know, I, I was practicing and then Eric would call me and say, Hey, you want to work on this case? And I was like, yeah, I'll work on that. And then I remember one of the bondsmen, uh, Harvey Handler referred me a case and I said, Eric, you want to, you want to work on this with me? And we yeah. did. And that was a first big break that case. We made some money on it. And, uh, I finally, I just said, screw it. You know what? It's going to be, we're going to form a law firm. And, uh, I, I bailed. I remember again, still sort of shaking in my boots when I went up and told Bill, I'm leaving. I said, you know, I, I, I feel like I got to go. I, I feel like I got to go on to, to do this with Eric. And, and I was petrified and, uh, he just said, I understand. I yeah. understand. And, you know, there was a, there was a way about Meeks that you sort of felt that there was a, a door closing there when, yeah. when you walked yeah. out of that, when you walked out of that office, but I did it anyway. And, uh, we'll talk later, but the, the, there's more to this, but the door opened back up and Eric and I started our practice over on third street in a basement, in a furnace room on a banquet table that was long enough to hold two different computers. I think we had two phones. Marble, two, marble table, lines. gold trimmings. It was all the traffic. Yeah. Right? Everybody. Yeah, walnut yeah. trim, uh, granite, everything. No, it was a, it was a banquet table that I had, I had uh, pulled out of the closet down there, I think. And we set it up in the basement and uh, worked side by side at a banquet table and we had access by reserve to, to use the conference room up in the main floor. So we didn't have to show anybody the, 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 you know, the, the, the man behind the it curtain. It doesn't yet. So, <laughs> With the Oz behind yeah, the curtain. The, the, yeah. the wizards of Oz, literally. But, uh, and it started and we just developed it from there. And, and, now, and here we are. I think now, Eric was always, he was lobbying for shag carpet, right? He loved shag carpet. Eric used to take, yeah, there's so many Eric stories we'll get to, but yeah, he loved the shag carpet. And then at one point, this is later on, we came back over here. He was, he was, uh, we were getting new carpet and he didn't understand why I wouldn't want to get shag carpet for the office. Cause I take his shoes off and, <laughs> shag carpet. and, and that was the fun, right? That was, that was yeah, when we there decided more. we needed to have a reality show and it's sad now that Eric doesn't get to, he's not here. Yeah, oh, yeah, he'd be great. Oh, he'd be great. This was his, he would have been, he's yeah. natural. But, uh, yeah, so that's my story and, and criminal defense ever since. I think, I think it makes sense in one of these, uh, episodes coming up to talk about the Avich and Palmer story and get everybody up to speed there. But uh, that's what we've been doing, criminal defense. That's all I've ever known, and that's all I'll ever do, probably. Um, and with that, we will tune out, unless you got more questions for me. On the record, author. Well, I just want to know about your uh, your first good trial experience, you know, when you feel like you you sat down, you did the work, and you saw it actually come to fruition in the courtroom. All right, just for the record, I was done. I would have been done with this, but now I'm going to tell you about my first trial experience. <laughs> I would have been done. Um, and there's a couple of big ones that stick out. And I, I think, you know, I actually had, I was lucky enough to be able to try cases as a law student my third year because my dad went and got his 
uh, he was taking public defender cases, appointed cases, and I went and got this temporary internship license that you could get back then. And I, I tried a couple of drunk driving cases as a law student. But I remember you being pissed about that when I was starting. He was, go, just go get the internship license. You go yeah, try cases. And, and we're like, do it. <laughs> you can't. I was like, what do you mean you can't? You had to work at a public defender. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I had a, there's a couple of big trials that stick out that sort of made – I mean, I'll tell you one about Eric, and it, it's relevant for topics coming up. It was a juvenile who – uh, was accused with along with his buddies, two or three kids, of putting a gun in the pizza guy's face and stealing. He, he robbed the stopwatch pizza guy. Man, that's brilliant. I mean, pizza guys—they carry so much cash. Right. I mean, it just is. It's, it was it was ridiculous. But he, he sticks a gun, strong arm robbery. One of these kids does anyway. Strip him of his wallet is probably pizza and whatever he's got in the little bag they carry, and uh, took his watch. Remember that? And they let him keep his quote marriage ring. Marriage ring. Never forget that fact. Well, he got bound over. We did a juvenile bind over hearing, a probable cause hearing. We're going to talk about those more. We, and anybody the podcast to come has been has been will know about yeah. this. But yeah, um, and the kid got bound over, and we're going to go try the case. He's he's an adult. He's probably seventeen at the time, maybe sixteen, and he's it's an adult robbery trial. And Eric and I are on Front Street. <clears throat> media through it media uh, no but back then you know you had court watchers it's like there was an event to be in trial back then the old yeah. courthouse and there were people who just stuck around uh, just to watch trials and we had done some stuff in that trial that got some attention just for whatever reason and um i remember at the end i i it was i was going to do the closing argument and um Eric, Eric was at the, at the table and he's like, are you ready? And well, I, you know, obviously I was, I thought I was, I didn't know what to think. Those I, moments. My heart's racing. I'd never, I'd done maybe one or two like that, but this is a big one. I didn't think this kid did it. This kid, this kid was not guilty. I, I just, I just believed him. I, who knows? Maybe he duped me. Right. But it was, I, I spent hours, I, I, hours the night before thinking about what it was going to be. And I couldn't make it happen. I couldn't get it in my head what I wanted to say. I couldn't get the outline together. I couldn't do it. I knew all the facts. It's, and now I know how to handle that better after doing it for 20 some years. But back then I didn't. And, you know, I remember getting up in the morning. I woke up about wide awake at four in the morning and it was like, you know, it, it came the to epiphany me. moment. It came to me and I was able to get some thoughts on paper and then I needed to get my head. So I got in early, went through it all, went up to the library on the 10th floor back in the old courthouse and told Eric I'd meet him down there. So I, I get up, I delivered the closing argument and it was one of those moments. Anybody who's, yeah. who's closed a case knows when it's going well. My stomach's hurting right now just hearing it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, if you've lived it and you can feel those moments and then lost that sleep and came in early yeah. and you're groggy and yeah. tired Coffee and dump. just, oh. Yeah. And, but I start to talk and it was shaky probably. And then it flows and then it comes. And then, then it's like, Rhythm. And then, then all that work I did to prepare and memorize the lines and meditate about how it's going to look, where I'm going to stand, how I'm going to talk, what it's going to be, and all these things, it sort of just comes. It's all gone. And you just let it flow. Yeah, I just let it come out. Yeah. And I remember at the end, I did something, and to this day, I'm not sure if I was allowed to do it, but I, I remember thinking, I don't think I've done enough. I don't think I've done enough. I remember that thought. So I, I just, I put my head down for it. I looked up and I said, I hope I've done enough. I, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I hope. Yeah. That, con that connection. I, yeah, it's like, I hope, I hope I've done enough to convince you that he's not guilty. He's not guilty. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Well, so we sit down and I thought, 
ah, shit, and I guess we just lost our first trial. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you always think. We just lost. Yeah. Uh, and I hightailed out of there. I had a meeting out in Zanesville, and I remember coming back, getting the call. And you're looking at jurors and saying, oh, well, I think they're on my yeah, side. I think no, they're on my side. Like, yeah, it's just it's just such it's yeah, a farce. It was awful. But I, I got, on the way back, I get this call, and Eric said, he's not fucking guilty yeah yeah you know it was it was a it was a great moment and that that sort of we decided from then on that I, I knew like that's my path in life right yeah. that's what i want to do so, yeah um i'm sure everybody's bored of this now so lots more to come um here we are at lawyer talk off the record but on but the on air. the air and then we have to go off the air should we just keep it going uh, no 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 all right that's going to be our theme here. we're going to have to sing it we're going to figure out the night court theme